Christian Wagner, and I'm the militant Thomas. Oh wait, this is Scholastic Answers. You know, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get over it. I am still the militant Thomas, though, so I guess that counts. So today we're gonna be going a little bit over some some feminism. I recently was perusing through my Discord, which is a reminder to join the Radical Numenite Discord. Want to? Um, I was I was just perusing through the Discord and somebody sent this extremely cringe video. I have no idea why I clicked on it, no idea whatsoever. And it was an old video from Ascension Presents. You know the the um, what's his what's his name? Mike Schmidt, Father Mike Schmidt. So Father Mike, he his apostolate. It wasn't from him. Uh, I think he's a little too chad to make a video like this. But there was one of the women that work. Uh, work with uh, with Father Mike, <clears throat> and she had this video on Ephesians five, and it was the most cringe video I've ever watched. I I only got like halfway through it. It was horrendous. It was terrible. Basically, this woman was I mean, she was trying to be funny, which you you know how that usually goes. I've never. Um, especially when it comes to like, like public stuff, like just, just not, not good at that sort of thing. So it, 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 that even added more to the cringe. So she was talking about how every time Ephesians five is read at a wedding, like all the women are just like cringing and stuff. She was just trying to make light of it about how women cringe when they hear the, the word of God talking about how they need to submit to their husbands. And she's like, well, actually, you don't need to worry, guys. It doesn't mean that. So, so she made it even worse by not only uh, mocking the word of God, but then subsequently butchering it. And this was possibly the worst reading I've ever heard of a single text in my life. And I've read like actual like Nestorians and Arians and stuff like that, like actual like anti-Trinitarians and, and stuff. But this was... This was especially brutal when it came to the way in which the word of, you know, the word of God was handled. It was terrible. It was because when it comes to texts like Ephesians 5 on uh, on the submission of husbands, to their wives, and then texts like I think it's uh, what Ecclesiasticus 25 is another one of the various texts in Proverbs, um, the first uh, Corinthians 11 and then first Corinthians 14. And uh, and all of the other passages that speak about similar ideas to these, it is crystal clear. It's one of the clearest things. Like there, rarely do you have a text with absolute agreement in the fathers and uh, throughout the medieval era, and then throughout all of the branch, well, all the branches of Protestantism, Orthodoxy, Roman Catholicism, like uh, Nestorian Church of the East, like. Just random Gnostic sense sects in the like fourth century, like everybody, everybody agrees uh, with with the reading of the text. It was, it, it it is the most obvious reading of any text ever to exist ever. Like that, that's how brutally obvious it is. But all of a sudden, um, like I, I, I'm trying to think when the first reading of these texts like that would have been. Probably about a century ago. All of a sudden, a century ago. Uh, it becomes uh, radically unclear. And then today it becomes uh, obvious fodder for even uh, conservative Catholics to question the reading of it because uh, it, um, it, it makes it makes women upset that the fact that they have to submit to their husbands like, come on. Yeah. And then and then I saw a future video with her and actually her husband was on there with her and, and he, he looked like the 
looked like the type that would uh, let his wife uh, get out of the car at the gas station to pump the gas. Like he's probably in the passenger seat, you know, and makes his wife get out of the driver's seat and go around and pump the gas. You know, you know that type. And it's it's just so infuriating because when it comes to like people that are affiliated with with uh, liking philosophy and theology, usually they're seen as like nerdy and stuff. That's that's just terrible. Like St. Thomas, he was seen as an absolute tank. He was seen as a tank. He was seen as a fun-loving guy. He wasn't just some, like, autist who couldn't speak to girls or anything like that. Not that he spoke to girls because, you know, he was a chad. But, yeah, it's it, it's just very annoying that 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 we have to live as, as Catholics currently. We have to live with, with, a, with an environment when it comes to, when it comes to such muddled views of gender, which just leads to sundry problems like we we shouldn't have to see a woman in an alb our entire lives it is an absolute affront to 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 our eyes as catholic men to have to see a woman in an alb it's terrible do i lift yes thanks for noticing yeah it's it's an affront it's absolutely um terrible so now after that after that brief introduction and I, I guess I'll kind of uh, be more active with the chat, although I do need to get through all of these arguments that I have. So after that brief, brief introduction, I will tell you what I'm going to do. So what I'll be doing is I decided uh, to absolutely ransack all of the philosophical manuals and to find all of their arguments when it comes to patriarchy. And when it comes to the relationship between men and women, uh, both in general, uh, some of them, they're divided when it comes to the voting rights, although I typically am on the side um, uh, for household, uh, head of household voting. Um, that's that's the side I'm on, not not egalitarian at all. But uh, the the reason that this popped up, and I forgot to add this in the introduction, sorry for being so disordered in this introduction, is because there's some discussions going on uh, online. Uh, Michael Lofton is talking about Trent Horn and Gordon's discussion from forever ago. And like, actually, how are we going to read these magisterial texts? Because it seems like they're contradictory. Oh, no, actually, this this means that and that means that. And yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to cover that. I'm not even going to get into that. I might get into that later. But I'm not going to get into that now. What I'm going to get into is the brute, just uh, crystal clear idea from natural law when it comes to the the uh, paterfamilias, the, the, the father is head of household. Uh, that's just brutally clear from natural law. Like, I, ca I can't even express how clear all this stuff is. The very fact that I have to make a video about this is just a judgment on, on Western society. The fact that we have been so far removed from nature that we cannot even tell that wives are supposed to submit to their husbands, this, that, that men are supposed to be the, uh, the, the heads of their families. Like this, this isn't anything like hidden. This is like, there's some things when it comes to natural theory that are a bit difficult to figure out, but this isn't something where we need to go and ask the magisterium about. That's like asking the magisterium whether you should murder somebody. Like, obviously, no retard. You shouldn't do it. Like, it, it's it's that brutally obvious. It's clear. It's not anything that I should be having to do a video about. But here I am doing a video about it because, I don't know, pe people don't know how men and women work. Like, this is something we learn when we're, like, five years old. Like, ask a five-year-old who's in charge. At least a five-year-old who hasn't been brainwashed. They're going to say, "Dad." It's clear. It's obvious. My 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 now one-year-old because it's his one-year birthday. My now one-year-old son could probably already tell gender roles by now. It's yes. It's because we've been so far removed from nature. If if we if we were more in touch with uh, the way in which nature worked, without all of. Um, all of the insane sort of, and there's some good things about technology, like the fact that I'm able to go through in like two hours, like 20 different texts that I don't have on hand. That's pretty amazing. But the very fact that we're very far removed from nature, like like get get a garden or something, like even, even something simple like that can help us, can help us reconnect a little bit, like go hunting, go hiking, like something like go out and touch grass at least guys. Like it, and then after, as, as um, time goes on, uh, this this stuff begins to become a little bit more obvious. 
again, my wife and I were, uh, were digging a garden and we have in, uh, here in North Carolina, we have some, uh, some very dense red clay that needed to be broken through. What, what was, was my wife going to be the one who, who broke through with a pickaxe, this red clay? No, she, she couldn't even, she couldn't even dig the dig like two inches into the ground. It was me. I was out there doing it. Yeah. Like obvious, obvious gender roles, just right there. Some, something as simple as uh, the way in which gardening works. Like who's going to do the canning? Am I going to sit around and can all day? No, she's going to can all day, but who's going to break through the red clay? Me. I'm going to do it. Very obvious. Okay. I promise, promise I'll get into it. But before that, I was uh, speaking of my wife. She made sure to remind me to announce, and I don't even have it pulled up right now. You will have to wait a second. So I recently uh, edited, and uh, I've been editing this wonderful list of manuals. I've been working about it forever. Um, this took me like, it took me a, it took me a very long time this recommended reading list of manuals. So it has a lot of stuff in there. But what I wanted to announce is, oh no, it didn't just share the screen. That's so dumb. Can I open in this tab? I'll just copy link address, boom, pull it up right here. I have just released and it should be in the description below. So if you want to go buy this, True and False Capitalism, A Catholic Analysis by Austin Woodbury. He goes into why capitalism uh, in its current state is really bad, how uh, we can truly speak of capitalism in a good sense, and how we can uh, return to that, and uh, why the Marxists are wrong, but also why all of the abusive capitalists are wrong. And speaking of capitalism, it is all their fault we're in this problem, in this, uh, in this too. So yeah, the reason why feminism is so popular is because big companies and the government couldn't tax their money from women if they weren't working, so they pushed feminism. Also, Sims pushed it. Exactly. Exactly. Precisely. It's it's really, you you get kind of two movements of, of the forming of modern feminism. You get the kind of 18th century movement in like the French revolutionary, like we hate the church sort of thing. And the... And the men of the French Revolution actually eventually were like, oh, we're going to we're going to kind of step back on that because this isn't too good of an idea. So originally uh, it, you can read the Catholic Encyclopedia article about this. It's kind of kind of uh, entertaining is the French revolutionaries initially were like, yeah, we should we should uh, we should pass this uh, equality between men and women. And then they're like, uh, wait, actually, that's kind of a bad idea. We shouldn't do that. And the second wave was capitalist in nature because women work for less. And um, you can tax them if they're outside of the home. You can tax them if you separate them from the families, and then uh, th then you also can get their children at that point. Start monetizing that, and it it, it was really just an abuse of capitalistic uh, powers alongside in uh, capitalism with the wrong side, uh, wrong type powers. Uh, critiquing women, be prepared to get yeeted. Yeah, I don't really care. What are they going to do? Um, so is a failure to understand that the husband is the head of the wife at the time of marriage grounds for annulment. I don't, uh, I don't think so. I've never seen that at least. Uh, oh, you sent me a screenshot. Oh, thank you, King. I'll check it. Hope to be a pater familias soon. Yes. And, uh, also, uh, I did this stream to celebrate, uh, our second, uh, my wife and I just announced that we're having our second on the birthday, first birthday of my first son. So also, uh, also celebrating that. So Karl Marx is a feminist. Lol. What a simp. Okay. So now finally, I think, I think we're ready to start. Okay. So before we start, uh, let us pray. Ineffable creator, who out of the treasures of thy wisdom has appointed three hierarchies of angels and set them in admirable order high above the heavens and has disposed the diverse portions of the universe in such marvelous array. Thou art called the true source of light and supereminent principle of wisdom. Be pleased to cast a beam of thy radiance upon the darkness of my mind and dispel from me the double darkness of sin and ignorance in which I have been born. 
thou who makest eloquent the tongues of little children. Fashion my words and pour upon my lips the grace of thy benediction. Grant me penetration to understand, capacity to retain, method and facility in study, subtlety and interpretation, and abundant grace of expression. Order the beginning, direct the progress, and perfect the achievement of my work. Thou who art true God and man, and liveth and reigneth forever and ever. Amen. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. Okay, let's begin. So the first author that I have is from Father Copens, and this is in his brief textbook of moral theology. And uh, as a note, when it comes to um, the typical loci you're going to find the question dealt with, that I'm going to be bringing up some of these arguments, is going to be found in ethics, and specifically in what's called domestics, because usually you have um, certain things like economics, politics, and uh, economics, politics, and domestics are going to be treated in ethics when it comes to man's relationship with larger societies. So he's going to say the temporal, and actually I can I can share my screen. I can share my screen. You guys would probably like it better if I shared my screen. Okay. So when, Father Copens. So he says the temporal and eternal happiness of man, as well as the prosperity of civil society, depends chiefly in the natural order on the perfection of domestic society. So when it comes to um, domestic society, that is the society of the family, it really is, and this is kind of like a cringe uh, neocon thing to say, really is the building block of society. Because what you have with political society is political society, at least according to historical political theory, is really the collection of households. So you have the fathers, uh, these heads of the households, the fathers, coming together in order to form a certain larger society. So you have this sort of graded um, principle of subsidiarity. So you have the individual, um, the individual family uh, consisting of the children and uh, re really on the smallest scale, although it can be used in a larger sense, uh, consisting of children, uh, wife and husband. This is going to be a little sort of society called domestic society. The father is going to be ahead of this domestic society. And then when you have political society, really, when it comes to proper membership, a primary membership is going to be found in uh, the father and only in a secondary and improper sense are uh, women and children a member of that society, which is why men are the only ones who can vote, because you have these um, subsisting layers of society. Just in the same way, when it comes to federal election, it really should only be um, people who are members of the state legislature uh, voting for um, for uh, um, I think it's originally Senate. Um, so that, that should have been originally held, but it was changed, unfortunately, because people don't understand uh, sort of subsisting layers of protection that you have. You have to uh, you have to go through. Um, rather, uh, they kind of just smash it onto all a big egalitarian plane. Now, an essential condition of for the welfare of every society is a proper exercise of its authority. So in every society, it is essential to that society it, that there is authority. And what you're going to see with the with the feminists is they're going to completely destroy any notion of authority in family. And actually, uh, what, what they really do is you're going to see with a lot of them is they secretly bring in. They still bring in authority. Everybody has to have authority. It's something which is essential. Even uh, where you think there isn't levels or hierarchies of authority, there still is. And uh, with the feminists, they're still going to have it. Uh, but it, it's just a lot more sneaky. Since in this manner, the necessary means are directed to the end for which the society exists. Because there needs to be a direction towards goodness when it comes to any sort of society, there needs to be an authority which is directing the lesser parts. Think about it like the body. Uh, when it this is the actually the analogy which is used by St. Paul, is you have the members of the body, you have the hands, you have the feet, you have the arms, you have the legs, you have the, uh, you have the heart, you have, the, you have all these different parts of, this, of the, the body, but it's directed towards its proper end, all of these different parts by the head, which uh, when it comes to the church is Christ, uh, and when it comes to the family, it is the father, uh, directing um, towards the end, 
that is of either the natural end or the, uh, the supernatural end. Hence, in discussing principles of domestic society, we must first decide in whom the authority of the family resides. And then thesis, and then the thesis is going to be that the husband is naturally, notice this is something known completely by nature. I don't need to quote a single text of anything in order to prove this to you. I can just prove it to you from nature. The husband is naturally the head of the family. Proof one, and this is honestly the best and most obvious proof based common sense. Proof one, the universal practice of all races of men show that this is a dictate of common sense. Because many of you may reply, well, how about matriarchal societies? Well, actually, I uh, if you read into the history of where this concept of matriarchal society comes in, it's really originally with some late 19th century Darwinists, some like radical evolutionists who are bringing in this idea of uh, matriarchy existing as a, as a valid concept ever. Uh, what it's it's completely fake. It's completely made up. Uh, it, it never existed. It's from the same people who are telling you that actually there were these uh, there was an animism and there was the manism and then there was the polytheism and there was the monolatry and then there finally was the um, there finally was the monotheism. Trust trust guys. This is how the evolution of religion happened. There there it's it's going to be the same people who are telling you that there's actually this evolution into uh, into egalitarianism that happens over time, guys. And uh, once there was the uh, there was um, there was the matriarchal society. Trust me, it wasn't always patriarchal. But actually, that's all just made up. Uh, universal practice of all races. It, this is a dictate of common sense. This, uh, you, again, you don't need to be proven this unless you just have that corrupted of an intellect as we have in uh, in, in our, our current time. So proof two, he to whom the other members of the family look naturally for protection. Ooh, I don't know why that popped up. Support. Oh, it keeps popping up. Support and direction is intended by the author of nature possess authority in the family or to be its head. Now, such a one in the normal state of affairs, allowance being made for occasion and partial exceptions is the husband or the father of the family. So this is obvious when outside of weird occasions. So, for example, the father is absent. The father is uh, a loser. Um, the father uh, is just weak. The father is injured. Um, and in many, many other cases, the in the normal state of affairs, removing from any sort of uh, corrupting influences, it's always the father. It's always the father. It's, it's obvious uh, when it comes to protection, support and direction for a the husband is properly the founder of the family. The primary cause of existence woman was created to be helping companion to man. So when it comes to uh, the founder of the society, the founder of the society can be spoken of in multiple ways. When it comes to the, the, uh, the really, when it comes to the inquiry, I guess you could say, when uh, the, the, the husband is the one who proposes to the wife, this is something which is obvious. And if you disagree with that, get out of here. He is, he is the founder of the society in that sense, uh, when it comes to the union of husband and wife, which is the, uh, which is really the principle from which the entire uh, society of family flows is, is the love between husband and wife, which is sought uh, by the husband actively. And then also when it comes to the marital act and the production of children, the husband is the active principle when it comes to conjugal union and the wife is the, is the passive and material principle when it comes to conjugal union. The husband actualizes certain potency of um, of pregnancy in the wife. This is something which is obvious. And actually, if, if you're if you think I'm being crude or stupid with uh, with that sort of argument, this is a very classical argument, which is used by the scholastics very often. So B, it is he who, as a rule, is expected to provide for the family as its means of support. So, again, when it comes to work outside the home, this is another uh, this is another uh uh, uh, argument when it comes to supporting that the family looks naturally to him for protection, support, and direction. Three, on account of the superior strength of his mind and body, all look to him for direction and doubt and for defense and danger. And again, this is like, no matter what Hollywood movies have you thinking that uh, you, you have my awesome, uh, my awesome strong mom who, who, uh, 
and wife who just rises up and just protects the family in danger and actually no 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 that's never how it happens never it's the complete opposite when it comes to uh doubt and danger uh the family because of again the superior strength of mind and body that's found in males they uh they all look to the father and husband uh when it comes to these dangers d he is to represent the issue interests of the families abroad, the wife being detained at home habitually by duties which she can best perform. So it also comes in a bit uh, uh, from a negative argument. When it comes uh, with, with, the, with the wife, uh, there are certain duties which she best performs, and these duties are something which is domestic. So, uh, for example, when it comes to the nurturing of children, this is something which the wife is uh, both biologically and psychologically um, ordered towards. And this is something that the husband is is still ordered towards, but not as much uh, ordered towards uh, psychologically. So, uh, and then therefore, the the husband represents the interests of the family uh, abroad, uh, the the certain active principle uh, among others. So. And, and then why, why does this matter when it comes to when it comes to leadership? Well, uh, when it comes to entering into uh, the, the larger covenant that is um, that is government, that larger covenant that is government is uh, the families represented by the by the father when it comes to entering into that union. Now, the one who represents the whole is head. So when the president represents America in doing something, he is rightly regarded as the ruler and head, because if you can represent the body, you are the head. E, uh, nature's gifts have been so divided between a husband and wife that reason, which is the faculty of ruling, is more dominant in the former, love and sympathy in the latter. He is the head, she is the heart, but the head should direct the heart. And again, this is, this is something which is obvious uh, when it comes to uh, the nature of men and women, if you are going to... Uh, separate uh from the sort of crazy craziness that occurs nowadays that uh the the faculty for ruling which is reason is more dominant in the father the the faculty for for uh loving is more dominant in the wife something which is obvious and then he's going to make uh give a brief corollary here which is helpful so we're not just beating up on beating up the seem like at least we're beating up on the women here so the wife and mother, who is not a menial, but a, the helpmate and companion of her husband, shares his paternal uh, parental dignity and likewise entitled to a share in his authority over the family. So when it comes to uh, the wife, she in, uh, I think, St. Thomas in his, I'm trying to think, his commentary on the politics, I want to say, uh, chapter one, lecture three, he says that Simplicator or simply speaking, primarily speaking, uh, chiefly speaking, the father has uh, authority. But secundum quid, by a, a certain delegation, the wife and mother has, has a share in his authority. Notice, she doesn't have primarily or simply speaking authority. It is only uh, from the father that she has a share in his authority over the family. She is naturally the center of domestic affection, the dispenser of the comforts provided by the father, the mistress of the home, uh, and then mistress isn't used in a negative sense here. It's kind of just like uh, uh, the, uh, I guess you could say the the, the caretaker, um, the mistress, or a really a ruler of the home. I guess you could put it in that way. Subject indeed to his prudent direction when important occasions make such direction necessary, yet possessing the right to manage her own domain domain domain. And I, and I wanted to specifically note this as a point of um, a practical, um, practical interest, that when it comes to the uh, management of her own domain, that is the, the domestic domain, uh, it, it's completely a right while it's delegated, which is but is still inherent. So usually um, it's a very self-sufficient uh, sort of um, authority that's that's here, but it's only in important or difficult occasions that you get this uh, this um, authority being invoked when it comes to uh, domestic situations. And I actually, um, R.C. Sproul, he had a he had a series on this which was really helpful uh, for me at least. He says that yeah, with 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 him and his wife, um, most of the time uh, when when you have this 
uh, invoking of authority. Uh, it, it, it has only happened um, to him uh, three times in his life that usually uh, they come to a, an agreement on something uh, after, after discussion. Uh, they can come to uh, some sort of compromise um, or some sort of agreement uh, when it comes to the issue at hand. But in, in some cases, yes, it, it does need to come down. Uh, the, the buck needs to stop somewhere. Uh, you, you can't have um, a house divided against itself. You can't have two directions uh, being taken. You need to have um, where, where there is a final disagreement. And it's like, look, we've, we've talked about it. We can't, we can't get over it. You, somebody needs to just say, okay, it's this, this is what we're doing. So from her lip, lips, the children will receive direction and warning, and her loving hand will correct their faults. The father will, if need be, firmly support her authority and by word and example, teach the children to venerate their mother. Okay, and I'm going to check the live chat. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Feminism. We need voting rights and the right to kill our children in the womb. Patriarchy. If you don't have a beard, you're a loser. Nah, I, I'm, I'm a firm, firm, uh, uh, clean-shaven enjoyer. So can mothers licitly work outside the home if they have permission from the head of the household, even though there's no grave need for her to be working? Um, okay, that, that, that last point does make a difference if, uh, if there's no grave need for her to be working. So uh, uh, Devas, um, he covers this in his, um, in his political economy, which is a manual of Catholic uh, economics. And his take, and I generally agree upon this, is that if if a if a woman can uh, still uphold her uh, duties, which are uh, uh, shared by the the father to her, so uh, when it comes to uh, the raising and nurturing of the young children, when it comes to uh, certain uh, domestic affairs, if she can uh, still um, carry out these duties, even without a grave need, then yes, it's, it's completely illicit. Uh, but if, if there is a grave need, then it actually might become a, a precept for her to do such. So yeah, um, it, it, it is, it is something which is fine. Um, dude, this is no longer the case. Um, I didn't know truth was mutable. Gosh, I think this is the second time I've blocked you. I don't think I'm going to unblock you this time. Uh, what is the article uh, being read from? I want to look it up. These are actually just my personal notes that I took. Uh, will this video be kept up? Yes. Will the text be provided? I don't think I'll provide my notes. So in England, the day is now far spent, and I would be bed. Very sad. Okay, I will get back to it. Yeah, I don't. I don't care about mo. Like actually, times have changed. Like uh, I'm, that, that's an instant block. You're gonna get instantly blocked. Like if you're if you're just gonna grovel, really, really, a lot of this is. And honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna diagnose a lot of you. A lot of the men getting upset about this. Um, Really, it is the the fact that misery loves company is the fact that uh, they have their wives are extremely uh, unreceptive to this sort of way of thinking, the way in which everybody with a brain thought of until 100 years ago. Um, so they're going to just cry and uh, cope and see about how this is not the case anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm really not interested in any sort of responses like that. Uh, the truth is truth and the truth is immutable. And these are immutable truths when it comes to when it comes to the authority of a certain society. And I couldn't possibly care less about uh, your your seething and coping about this. OK, so I'm going to get back to it. And why uh, I thought some of you guys were uh, mods. You guys should just be blocking people by now. OK, so Brother Louie, uh, this is another philosopher. Um, and then this, interestingly enough, he was the favorite philosopher of Blessed Pius IX. 
Blessed Pius IX wrote a whole um, letter to Brother Louis about how much he loved his, um, his work on philosophy. So he says, the authority in domestic society resides in the husband. Marriage is a society in which authority is necessary. Notice, this is going, this is going to be a major premise that none, none of you out there, none of you uh, seething and coping uh, um, feminists out there, or uh, whatever you call yourselves now, um, in my comments, are going to be able to refute this major premise that a society, uh, in a society, authority is necessary. And if you deny this, uh, really, you deny so many fundamental. Uh, th this proposition is used in so many fundamental um, arguments about the about ecclesiology and about, about Christology. Uh, th this is a very important argument. And it's really the, the, the foundation for all Catholic political theory. So really, you're just destroying everything. But to whom can it belong but to him on whom the author of nature has bestowed the double authority of physical strength and of reason? Civil legislations have acknowledged his superiority by imposing upon the wife the duty of listening to her husband and following him. And in this, they are in accord with sacred scripture. And I want to also uh, make, make another note before I continue, because I, I want you guys to know how serious this is. Because really, if uh, because just just step into my box, uh, people out there, just 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 pretend like I'm right. Pretend like the Apostle Paul is saying that there is a sort of duty of obedience, um, just as you would have the duty of obedience of uh, in, in all things lawful, again, uh, of course, with, with that sort of qualification. And obedience is something which is a precept of divine law. Uh, the obedience to authorities is something brought up in um, Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, something which is uh, everybody agrees upon is that obedience is something which is which is good and is necessary. So disobedience is grave matter. If you impenitently and knowingly, uh, with full consent of your will, disobey a lawful order from an authority, then you are in mortal sin. So this is something which is which is damnable. Um, it, it, this is not something where you can see and cope about. It, it, it's like seething and coping about, well, actually... Um, we, we can't follow the rules on fornication today because that's just not how people are and blah, 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 blah. Like, like come on. It's it's the, the same sort of concept. Um, just be consistent and uh, just be a, a liberal modernist and, and leave, leave my comment section alone. So in domestic society, the wife is not a slave. So again, all of these, all of these um, works on domestics are going to have a corollary about how the wife is not a slave, but the aid and associate of her husband. Woman still has a natural dignity equal to that of a man. And although she is subject to him, she still yet retains all her natural rights. This is going to be the same with any sort of authority structure. Because just, just so, uh, for example, just because a citizen uh, is obliged in all things lawful to listen to political, um, political authorities, just because they are obliged to do that doesn't mean that they're in any way uh, less dignified that uh, they don't have their natural rights or anything like that. She is the indispensable aid of man and shares with the family, uh, him, the family cares and duties. She is his associate because she is one of the contracting parties and by the matrimonial contract, she has been provided with a husband and protector, not a despot. And then Cardinal uh, Mercier, uh, the father has the duty of administering family patrimony, not for the satisfaction of his own self selfish caprices, but to the end that the future of those whom divine providence has entrusted to his guardianship may be provided for. Cardinal Mercier is one of the most uh, important Catholic philosophers. And now this is really what I wanted to, this is what I wanted to get to. This is uh, Grenier. This is his work on Thomistic philosophy. And he goes into depth on this issue and he provides the most stringent uh, defense Um, okay. Okay. So there's a question. Uh, can another, a mother outside work outside the home if she's doing pro-life work, i.e. has a job that will directly prevent women from getting abortions? Yeah. I said, um, that when it comes to, if somebody is able to complete their, uh, domestic work, then yeah, it's, com it's completely licit. 
but we, what we do have to remember is, you may say, well, actually, uh, even if she can't complete her domestic work, she should still do it anyways because she's bringing about the greater good of preventing abortions. But what we have to remember is that when it comes to natural rights, duties, and obligations, according to uh, according to fundamental principles of ethics, you have obligations to those who are closer to you. So your first, uh, the first obligation of a wife is going to be to her husband and to her family, not to uh, random uh, strangers. As uh, as as bad as as crude as that may sound. Uh, are Catholic uh, female monarchs listed under Catholic state? Can a woman be a politician, leader of state? I don't think so. But uh, um, but as as Long Shlong Silver uh, points out, there have been uh, great Catholic queens in history. Uh, but I don't I don't think there should be. Uh, okay, but let us continue into Grenier. So this is I, I just screenshot uh, this part of his moral uh, of his Thomistic philosophy, because this is really going to it's going to flow from this, that authority is necessary in a heterogeneous society. Uh, so for the first part, authority is necessary in a heterogeneous society. Heterogeneous society is a society in which the action of this of the society is composed of the many distinct actions of the members, which actions are subordinate to a single end. Uh, so this is uh, the definition of heterogeneous society. So you have multiple different people doing multiple different things, but all directed towards a common end. But in order that the many distinct actions of the members of the society be subordinate to a single uh, end, authority, i.e. relation between one person as ruler and another subject is necessary. Therefore, uh, authority is necessary in a heterogeneous society. So where you have these multiple different members and they're all working towards one end, there needs to be one person to subordinate and to direct um, those various different actions of the subordinate members towards that one end. And obviously, uh, there is that one end of family. Therefore, there needs to be that authority in there to direct the various actions. You, you can't have a two-headed monster uh, going on there. The major is evident from the definition of a heterogeneous society. And then the minor uh uh, the many distinct actions of the members of the society are subordinate to a single end, either because each member tends towards his own accord to the one common end, or because he is directed to it by a member to whom is vested authority over the other members. But in a heterogeneous society, it is impossible that the members tend of their own accord to one common end, for of themselves many agents act for many ends, i.e. each agent acts for his own particular end. Therefore, the subordination of the actions of the members to the one common end of society requires the direction of a member in whom is vested authority over the other members, i.e. authority is necessary. And then uh, continuing down, uh, this is a different, I just wanted to bring that up real quick, just in case people see them cope. Uh, you don't need a, uh, a authority in a heterogeneous society. Well, yes, you do. And uh, that's Grenier's proof of it. Um, so no female politicians, I'm coming in late. So I'll probably missed the justification, but that seems odd. Um, I, I, I don't, so, uh, do you have a video covering marital debt? Um, I've been asked about it before. Uh, usually I answer in private. I don't think I, I should make a public video about this considering most of my followers are unmarried, but, um, yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, with uh, with female politicians, I don't think it's uh, it's morally illicit under all circumstances. But I do th think under most circumstances that it should not be done. That that's that's the the distinction I'll make. Is there's some uh, like like for example, when it comes to the ruling of the family, if you have uh, absolute losers uh, for when it comes to the husband. If you have uh, the husband who is uh, absent from, from home, so there's some sort of mental or physical deficiency that, that makes him not be able to rule. Yes, there's certain occasions, extraordinary occasions, which would allow a, um, a, a matriarchy. Um, and it's, it's the same way when it comes to female politicians. Ordinarily, um, 
because of the deficiency of practical reason um, that comes into a uh, the, the nature of a female, um, she is not equipped uh, to as uh, to, to rule as well when it comes to a society, any sort of society, whether it be the family, whether it be the church, or whether it be uh, the the political society. So yeah, and this is also uh, supported by a classical text in sacred scripture uh, when it comes to the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter six, if I'm remembering correctly. It's seen as a curse that women will rule over them. And we see this also in the case of Deborah. Although I don't, I'm not convinced that Deborah is a judge. I think she's a prophetess. When it comes to uh, the the various men uh, in that in that section of judges, the men are uh, are are being effeminate. They're stepping aside from their natural uh, duty to rule. And it is because of that effeminacy and because of that lack of leadership that uh, there is there's a woman that needs to needs to rule in that way. Um, so, yeah. And uh, it, and I, actually, I'll, I'll, I won't I won't uh, continue on the on the female politician. This is not about female politicians. This is about uh, male headship. So the authority of husband and wife in paternal society, parental society, husband and wife enjoy equality in those rights which belong to the dignity of the human person and such are uh, proper to the marriage contract and inseparably bound up with wedlock. In other things, undoubtedly, both parties enjoy the same rights and are bound by the same obligations. So when it comes to those things which are um, which are according to their nature, there's an equality of dignity and nature that is in uh, husband and wife. They're both rational animals. But, so there's a but here, there cannot be equality of right of husband and wife in matters which are proper to parental society as such. It's not proper to their individual natures, their natures as rational animals, but proper to them as, uh, as parents. For parental uh, authority is vested principally in the husband and secondarily in the wife. In other words, for the attainment of the end of parental society, the wife must be subordinate to the husband. Now he's going to get into the nature of this subordination. This subordination is not the subordination of a slave to a master. The husband is the chief of the family and the head of the wife. And hence the wife must be subject to her husband and obey him, not indeed as a servant, but as a companion. Moreover, this is required for the intimate friendship, which should exist between husband and wife. In the light of what we have just said, we may now summarize in the propositions which follow our teaching on the authority of husband and wife in parental society. A. Equal division of authority between husband and wife in parental society is contrary to natural law. A division of authority which of its very nature is opposed to order is contrary to natural law. But the equal division of authority between husband and wife in parental society is of its very nature opposed to order. Therefore, the equal division of authority between husband and wife and parental society is contrary to natural law. So the major premise, that is a division of authority, which is of its very nature is opposed to, con to orders contrary to natural law. This is something which is uh, something which is obvious. But the minor premise that um, that a division of authority between husband and wife is this case is a little more controversial. So this is how he proves it. Parental society is a natural society directed to a common end. But if husband and wife enjoyed equal authority in parental society, parental society would not tend to a common end. There would be two equal principles of direction to an end, each giving a different direction. For things which are different naturally tend to different ends. Therefore, uh, the conclusion follows. And I think this is relatively obvious. Um, somebody could say, well, actually, theoretically, technically, uh, you could have these two two principles act as one. Well, yes, it's not physically impossible that these two act ends act as one. It's morally impossible. Not that it couldn't happen, but that it won't happen. It just doesn't happen. And then B, parental authority resides principally in the husband. Parental uh, authority is vested principally in the spouse, which is naturally the superior. But the husband is superior to the wife in strength of body, uh, uh, perspicuity of mind, uh, that word isn't too uh, perspicuous, uh, is more prudent, better fitted for achievement, more resolute and sounder in judgment. Moreover, it is entirely accidental that the wife sometimes is superior to the husband in qualities of mind and strength of body. 
something which is accidental. <clears throat> but things are superior according to the natural law, which are superior of their very nature, not things which are only accidentally superior. Hence, parental authority according to the natural law resides principally in the husband. Remember, um, for those who aren't aware, uh, principally uh, gender uh, is, is located in the body and only secondarily does it affect the soul in that the uh, soul and body are joined. So when it comes to the superiority of mind and strength of body, this is something which is, uh, which is found uh, in the faculties of the, of the body. So emancipation of women, and this is where it's going to get uh, more fun. I'm going to check the uh, comments real quick. Okay, no comments. I'm going to get back to it. Emancipation of women. Moderns boldly proclaim the emancipation of women, that is, full equality of the rights of husband and wife. Some proclaim the uh, physiological emancipation of women, whereby a, the wife is free and ought to be freed at her own good pleasure from the burdensome duties which properly belong to her as companion and mother. This kind of emancipation is not true emancipation, but a heinous crime. <clears throat> and Pope Pius the uh, Pope St. Pius X, Pius XI, and Pius XII actually all cover. And I think Leo the Thirteenth also covers this: is the so-called emancipation of women, thinking uh, you're being emancipated from the burdens and duties of of, uh, of marriage. Others proclaim uh, economic emancipation, whereby the wife, even without the knowledge and against the wish of her husband, is free to have, conduct, and administer her own affairs, being chiefly concerned with these rather than with children, husband, and family. Others proclaim social emancipation, whereby the wife, freed from the domestic cares of children and family, made to the neglect of these, follow her own bent, and devote herself to business and even to public affairs. See, even to public affairs. This was seen as, it's crazy. Uh, by somebody in uh, in the 1950s. Grenier was writing in the 1950s, 70 years ago. Sweden is absolutely crazy for a Catholic to believe in. In regard to this threefold emancipation of women, the father, following observations must be made. A, the so-called emancipation of women proclaimed by moderns constitutes an unnatural equality of wife, husband, and therefore is debasing of the womanly character and the dignity of motherhood, a perversion of the whole family, as a result of which the husband is deprived of his wife, the children of their mother, and the whole family of an ever watchful guardian. Such emancipation, therefore, is detrimental to the wife. For if woman descends from her truly regal throne in the home to which the gospel in nature has raised her, she will soon be reduced to her former uh, state of slavery and become as among the pagans, the mere instrument of man. That's what we're seeing nowadays. Uh, when it comes to uh, becoming a a spreadsheet and PowerPoint slave to whatever uh, the CEO of the company needs as an assistant, or when it comes to uh, re really a lot of the uh, sexual abuse that's happening, uh, whether it be uh, consensual sexual abuse uh, when it comes to pornography or um, or uh, prostitution or or uh, basically what is prostitution and like Tinder and stuff. They're becoming an instrument of men, uh, really again. They're becoming they're they're returning to the slavery to men. So what by trying to seek emancipation from uh, one's proper role, she's really falling right back into that same ancient slavery. So uh, equality of rights of husband and wife must indeed be recognized in matters which pertain to the dignity of the human person and which are proper to the marriage covenant and separately bound up with wedlock. In other matters, however, there must be inequality and due accommodation. Such are uh, demanded for the good of the family and the right ordering, unity and stability of domestic society, i.e. of home life. The civil authority may and indeed has an obligation to adapt the civil rights of the wife to modern deeds and requirements but always in accordance with the statutes of natural law, which we just went over. Okay, and then I have one more. So I think this is, yes, this is it. So from uh, Prumer and then from Herbert's, um, from their moral theology. So these are technically not philosophers. These are uh, theologians. But I thought what they had to say was interesting because this is them commenting on the fifth commandment. So the uh, 
uh, obedience of children due to their parents, which traditionally has been treated as a low side to discuss obedience, which is found throughout all of society. So Herbert, he's, he's really short. The duties of the wife arise principally from her position as man's helpmate. She must manage the household affairs with proper subordination to her husband. Very simple. But Prumer, he goes into it a bit and then talks about the emancipation of women. So the husband is obliged as head of the household to guide his wife, children, and servants, two, to provide for his wife and family sufficient food, clothing, and maintenance, and three, to administer family properly, wisely. And the wife is obliged, one, to show her uh, due obedience to her husband, notice due. So it's um, in, in certain um, illicit um, uh, requests, this is not, uh, due obedience is not to be shown. And then two, to pay careful attention to the home and the education of her children. Now, scolium on the emancipation of women. So although this question does not fall within the province of the virtue of piety, however, since it affects relationships between husband and wife, it must be useful to mention a few points which moral theologians ought to keep in mind regarding the questions which is agitating the minds of men and states today. One, so far as their souls, supernatural grace, and destiny are concerned, men and women are equal. This is obvious from the uh, when, when it comes to the role of uh, soteriology when it comes to the role of salvation of men and women are equal when it comes to their supernatural destiny to be a different vision. Women and men are both canonized saints. This is, this is relatively obvious. Two, although in general women, woman is weaker than man in her physical and intellectual powers, nevertheless, there are many women who can do exactly the same work as men. Therefore, there is nothing in the work itself to prevent such work and duties being given to capable women, such as the office of doctor, teacher, etc. And then notice, uh, this is this is really uh, theoretical in nature uh, because there is an ability which is present in women to do this work uh, in extraordinary circumstances. But this would this would require uh, really some uh, odd circumstances where women would be able to get out uh, to uh, would be would be able to care for uh, her children appropriately in her domestic um, roles and be able to uh, and be able to uh, carry out a certain um, employment. So uh, back then, doctors worked a lot less, by the way. So that's why I, I don't think there's any uh, conceivable way where this could be done now that doctors work like 80 hours a week and everything. But yeah, like when it comes to teachers and stuff, uh, let's say you have a situation where a woman, uh, all of her children are in Catholic school and she has uh, really the majority of her day open up to her. I'm, I'm sure she could work as a teacher and still uh, finish all of her domestic duties. But back then, teachers used to work a lot less, too. People, uh, These jobs used to work a lot less in general. But yeah. So three, God created woman as man's helper and formed her from Adam's rib. Furthermore, he has excluded her from the priesthood. All this would seem to indicate clearly that it was never God's intention for complete equality to exist between man and woman. Therefore, the radical emancipation of women to the complete equality with men seemed to be alien to the creator's intention. And uh, the the reason uh, for this is because uh, origin implies some sort of origin. Usually uh, I, I would qualify that origin usually implies some sort of superiority. So for example, the, the, the children uh, are, um, the children are subordinate to the father because they're originated uh, from him principally as active principle. And uh, when it comes to the woman's origin from the man as, as rib, then, uh, and then she also, uh, there, there's some sort of implied um, submission there. So for a woman's chief duty is to care for the home and therefore any form of emancipation which disrupts family life must be rejected. And then five, as far as Catholicism is concerned, there's nothing to prevent, at least in itself, capable women from possessing the right to vote, even in political matters, but it's an entirely different question whether any useful purpose is served except either in respect of the state or church by granting women the right to vote in any particular district. And this is, yeah. So there's nothing, and that's, that's what I was saying earlier, nothing that would make it ethically wrong but uh, I think it. I, I think from the experiment that we have uh, that we have given to the matter, that it's obvious that the effects uh, were not good, and that it shouldn't have been done. Okay, so I'm gonna. This is racist. It's so true, I guess. Okay, so I'm gonna give you guys a minute. See if there's any questions. If not, I will end this at promptly one hour.
Dang. That's crazy. I'll just check my Discord. Okay. Wow, Elijah, you, you entered right at the end. Sorry about that. Okay, so it is promptly one hour. So I'm going to leave. Uh, thank you for stopping by. Remember uh, that book below, which is uh, Father Woodbury, who was a student of Gary Lagrange, his work on capitalism, um, and then also socialism and whether there is a third way and what a third way it would be. So yeah, remember, join the Discord. So bro, I just arrived. Sorry, King. Buy the book or something. So bye.